0: Thank you for checking out this week's podcast at Destiny Church. For more information or other messages, you can check us out online at rdestinychurch.com. All right. Um, So that's a good number of uh, opportunities for you to get involved in here at Destiny. Again, today there's a big turkey out front, and I'm not talking about Pastor Greg, uh no nah. <laughs> associate pastors always get the brunt of everything um no there's a big turkey out front that you can take one of the feathers uh two three whatever so thank you so much for that let's say our declaration like we mean it if, oh he's got a pumpkin at the back he's fixing to try to uh pelt me with greg i believe there aren't a lot of people but i believe i could take you down Uh, You know, I'm just joking. Hey, we're family here. We just play around a good bit. So if you're new to us, this is our declaration. We say it every Sunday. God gave us this for this whole year. Uh, I'm trying to hear the Lord for what our uh, focus is for the next year. I believe the Lord's uh, speaking to me. Some out of Genesis 126 for next year. um, You know, when you have something like this, one of our values is, is uh, our integrity matters, and so you can't put something up on the screen like that and then not, uh, you, you either succeed at that or you fail at that. Right. And so in order to know if you're succeeding, you have to constantly uh, evaluate yourself and say, am I bearing fruit? Well, you are bearing fruit. It's either good fruit or not good fruit. So am I bearing fruit in the different areas that we've been preaching, teaching, discipling on this year, and uh, you know, and I found in my life that um, I some of my fruit, you know, was was not godly, and I don't mean that to say uh, that's probably not the best word, but if it doesn't line up with Scripture, you know, it's not godly, and so I had to look at my life in some attitudes and different things and. Um, and bring them back into focus and become fruitful in those areas. So let's say this, and let's say it like we mean it, okay? All right? God designed me to be fruitful, and I choose to partner with his original plan for my life. If you don't know what his original plan is... I'm going to talk about it even a little bit this morning, but Genesis 128 pretty much lays it out for us, and John chapter 15. You can go there and check that out. Uh, Genesis 128, if you want to go there, and then uh, pop over to Matthew 28, 19 through 20. These are typically scriptures that you might not know the location of, but once I start saying them, I'm sure you could probably just finish them off because we we talk about these a lot uh, in the church world. So in this series um, called Courage, and, you know, it's a series where this is really born out of this season that our nation is in because I have felt very discouraged at times. As a matter of fact, uh, I'm looking so forward, Greg and I are going to have the opportunity to get away uh, with uh, several pastors from all over Baldwin County, we, once a year, go up to the North Georgia Mountains and spend some time in prayer. It's really one of the best times of my year uh, in ministry. And I was just telling them, I really need to get away, personally, because I, am, I feel myself becoming jaded. Any, anybody, can, can you bear witness with that? Like, I feel myself just being jaded. And I've got to, I've got to, I've got to, okay, so going back to what I was saying earlier, like sometimes, you know, I produce some ungodly fruit. Well, jaded is not one of the fruit of the spirit, you know, and I feel myself becoming cynical and jaded when I um, am dealing with people. And I, I feel like, I feel the orphan spirit begin to kind of press in on me. If you don't know what an orphan spirit is, I don't have enough time to go into it right now. But it's that poor, poor pitiful Rife. Oh, Rife, nobody loves you. Oh, Rife, you're the only one that cares. Rife, nobody. You're on your own, buddy. You're all alone. That spirit No, nobody's there to support you. You support everybody else, but nobody supports you, Pastor Rife. That spirit begins to crowd in on me. And, you know, and then life situations happen, and then you start finding evidence to support the orphan spirit. You know what I'm saying? Instead of the opposite way around, where it's like, let me go to the Word and find evidence to support who I really am. What we'll start to do is we'll start to... Uh, find situations in our life and go, oh, well, look at this, look at how they treated me. Sure enough. And, you know, this week I've been in a situation where I'm like, and I'm sure this is bringing it out, the hurricane on top of corona and everything else. I'm sure it brings it out in other people, but I'm like, I really am like to the place where, can you trust any contractor? Can you? I, I promise you, and I'm not saying this for brownie points, there is one contractor in this room. There might be more, but there's one contractor in this room. I'm telling you, you can trust, and that's that guy right there, Tim Morrell. He lives out our values. He lives out kingdom values. And uh he's built a house for me. And I'm telling you can trust that guy. But I've just been in this place where I'm like, can you even can you trust anybody? Like you know, I've just been shafted so many times. I'm like, it just, it gets me in that place. And I don't like to be, when I'm going to deal, do business with somebody, I already don't trust you. That's not who I am. I, I, I've been a trusting person most of my life to the place where people call me gullible. But I feel myself getting in this place and I'm out of alignment and I just got to get back to this place. And... I am having the courage, me personally. I'm having the courage to say, I will not become that cynical, jaded person that you know is go- that that's just begun to begin to be part of my character. You know, so no, I refuse to to let that happen to me, and so. What you have to do a lot of times in this message that I'm going to be talking to you about today is is you have to know your true north, all right? So your true north, metaphorically speaking, is like who you really are. Like I've found myself over the last few uh, weeks in dealing with people having a tone that I don't typically have with people and having emotions that i don't typically have with people that's not who i am now people who know me closest you they know that's not who i am and even when i'm upset about something like i I have a decorum about me there are several people in this room you've been on staff with me and I, I, if I ever have to have a serious conversation, it's not going to be belittling. It's going to be, we're talking as two humans that we can disagree and still respect one another without disrespecting one another. And, you know, and so I have to remind myself, that's not who I am. That's not who I am. And come back to who am I, which is my true north. Now, real quickly, before I dive into this, I'm going to talk a little bit about True North, Magnetic North. Maybe you won't get a snooze fest while I'm talking about that a little bit. But have you ever used your GPS, and your GPS uh, is guiding you, take a right turn in, you know, three inches. And, you know, so, I mean, it's like, it's so precise. But then that, that precise instrument uh, gets you to a place, and it will say, destination on the right. And I'll look over, and there's cows in a pasture. And I'm like, that don't look like the bank I'm looking for. You know, I'm looking at cows right now. And, you know, and but it's telling me I'm in the right place. But my GPS, anybody ever had that happen to you? And so it's, it's, it's not a defined science, and there's a reason for that. There's several reasons for it, but one of the reasons uh, sometimes can be what, what we will call true north and magnetic north. True north is determined by the earth's uh, lines that we call longitude and latitude. So the earth is divided up into degrees, measurements, if you will. And there's, there's longitude and latitude lines. And as long as you know what, where those lines are, you can go anywhere on the earth if somebody gives you their longitude and latitude numbers. However, there's this other thing called magnetic north. Now, true north is what we call the north pole. It's based upon the earth's axis and those longitude and latitude lines. But uh, the magnetic north is determined by the earth's magnetic field. And it's Because the earth is a living thing, those things move and they interact with one another. And so as they interact with one another, if you have a compass, a compass is magnetized and it operates on magnetic north. So a compass never truly points you in, it it sort of points you at the north But it doesn't point you exactly to the north pole now when you were a kid your parents told you you know if you just follow the compass it'll get you to where you're going it'll get you sort of there well how many of you know that if i'm that magnetic north look at this magnetic north can uh can vary up to about 20 degrees all right so 20 degrees if i turn 20 degrees you know, that, that might be something like this, all right? That might be a little too much, but you get the point. So it's, it doesn't look like a big thing. If I'm here, but I walk 20 degrees off, you know, well, I can still pop back over here. But the further you get on out there, buddy, it's going to be hundreds, thousands sometimes of miles Right now, magnetic north is about 1,000 miles from the actual North Pole. So the true north is, the, is where you want to go. If you're following a compass with just magnetic north, you're going you're gonna to get up in the north area, but you're not going to make it to the North Pole. you got to know the longitude and the latitude numbers. So here's what I want to talk to you today is really... True north is who you really are. Magnetic north, it has some of your character, some of your characteristics, but it's not who you really are. And see, there will be people that will come into your life that if you don't know who you really are, who your true north is, other people will come into your life and they will begin to say things to you that sound like you. And all of a sudden, you're believing a version of you that's not really you. It's sort of like you, but it's not the true you. And it's important that you allow Holy Spirit to speak into you and that you have the word speaking into you, that we always go back to this. Because somebody, listen, I had a pastor friend of mine, his wife, they had some guy at their church, and this guy came, and he was, uh, he was prophylying over her. And y'all get it? And, and he, as he's prophylying over her, he looked at her, and he said, isn't that right? He's giving her a word of knowledge, and you blah, 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 blah. And he said, isn't that right? And she said no, because it was so far off. Now, the average person, I'm just, well, I'm just, I don't know if this is accurate or not, but many people probably would have, would have, they would have lied because he's a man of God. He's, well, she she said, first of all, it wasn't true. Secondly, it didn't line up with the word. And she said, so I'm not going to sit there and come into agreement with a lie but there are many people that will uh, come into agreement with lies that are even shared with them or that the enemy places in their mind, like that orphan spirit, Rife, nobody's ever going to protect you. Well, see, I partner. I know the day I partnered with that lie. I can take you back. Well, my mom still lives in the house where I partnered with it. I won't go into the details of surrounding it. But I was sitting there and I was listening anxiously as a six-year-old kid. I was listening to a conversation that my parents were having with a neighbor, actually my dad's business partner. And the thing that he was coming to talk to my parents about was actually happening to me in my own house that happened to their kids by one of my family members, and I'm six years old, and I am, in my heart, I'm, I'm like, oh, now mom and dad are going to come. They're going to come, and they're going to ask me, and I'm going to be able to get this huge weight off of me and let them know what's been happening. And they never came. They never had that conversation. And that day, I partnered with the enemy who said, Your mom and dad don't love you. They don't care about you. They were concerned about that guy's kids, but they don't even love you. Nobody's here. You're only going to protect yourself, so you better not trust anybody, buddy. That orphan spirit, I begin to just just partner with these basically demonic lies and so i went through my childhood and i went through my teenage years and a lot of my adult years not uh trusting uh people you know i would trust them to a degree but you can't get close to me you can't i can't let you like in certain areas because you're going to disappoint me you're going to let me down well you can't live life that way God has called us to be a people of trust. See, that lie, if you begin to believe that lie about the image of God, listen to me. If you begin to live that lie about the image of God, who's the image of God? We are. So if I believe that lie about Craig, I'm going to, I'm basically believing that lie about the image. Are you following me? I'm beginning, I'm, I'm, I'm believing that lie about God. Don't even worry about praying that prayer. God answers those prayers for other people, but not for you. See, God let you down. You didn't get that job that you wanted. Now, that's actually happened to me. God, I wanted that job. And I found out five years later, the guy who got the job, that I said, oh, yeah, I know you. You don't know me, but I know you. You got my job. He's like, oh, bro, you didn't want that job. So the answer that God gave me was no, and the answer was the best answer because I didn't have to go through what he went through. Does that make sense? But you'll begin to believe these lies because sometimes God's no is the best yes you'll ever get. You know? And so... We have to know our identity and know who we are in Christ, know what's afforded us. The only way we're gonna know that is this thing right here. So, True North, it never changes. We don't get an updated version of longitude and latitude. The North Pole is always going to be where the North Pole is. Your identity in Christ is always going to be you are a son of God. You are a daughter of God. You are a child of God. You are an heir. You are co-equal with Christ. Now the enemy will lie to you and say that's blasphemy, that's uh, that's, uh you know, defaming. No, it's scripture. The scripture says that we are co-heirs with Christ. When you have somebody who is a co, you have equal standing before whoever it is you're standing before. We have equal standing before God the Father. God loves you. This is like mind-blowing. God loves you just as much as he loves Jesus. I don't see any minds getting blown out there. Isn't that powerful? That God loves me as much as he loves Christ himself. That's who my identity is. When you know your identity, you know the blessings that he gave Moses. You know the blessings that he gave uh, um, Abraham. You know the blessings that he pronounces in Psalm 133. You know the anointing that I talked about on Elijah uh, just last week. You know the anointing on Jesus that he prophesies out of Isaiah 53. That same anointing we are entitled to. How do I know that? Because I know the scripture. I'm going to share a few of those with you this morning. That's who we really are. If you don't know who you are, you will begin to believe lies like, well, you know, just settle in for that because you're just going to have to live with that chronic uh, whatever health issue. No, we do not have to live with that. What was afforded us on the cross by his stripes, we are healed is what the word says. And if that's what the word says, that dadgummit, I'm entitled to it. I, I have a right to everything that God afforded me through Christ Jesus on the cross. Now... The sad thing is, many people, they don't know the word. Many people don't know. They didn't read the instruction manual that told them all of the benefits that come with this thing called the Christian life and being a part of the ecclesia, the family of God. But when we know who we are, I promise you, you will walk in a different type of lifestyle. I don't mean this to sound demeaning to anybody, but... Uh, Shay and I, years ago, when we first uh, went into ministry, I'm fresh out of college and uh, we have some friends and they are the sickliest people on the planet, now hear me if you're dealing with that in your family I sympathize with you, I feel your pain my wife is at home today and she's doing very well but she's had her second uh, spine surgery in a period of about three months, I get that but I I don't understand why the Lord didn't heal her in that particular way, but we do not partner with the idea that the doctor says, well once you go down the road of spine surgery you're just pretty much gonna have this continually i say no we had two and that's enough and we're gonna we're gonna walk in healing we got too much to do for the for the kingdom of god but going back to that family that i was talking to you about they had just taken upon themselves that well we're just a sickly family no no no, and no. You might be sick. You might have some health issues in your family, but you do not take that as part of your true north, as your identity. That is not who you are. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. And you get up out of that bed. You might hobble over. You might walk over. You might stumble over. You might creak and crack in every part of your body, but you've find yourself and you brace yourself and you praise him for your healing in advance you praise him even if it if if it's not there yet because god is not a man that he would lie this is the word and we stand on the word Amen? amen amen so true north never changes but magnetic north constantly changes Just a few years ago, it was moving. The magnetic north was moving at like a pace of like nine miles uh, a year. Now it's moving at like 30 miles a year. So it's, it's shifting constantly. Culture is shifting constantly. If you haven't lived long enough, most of us in this room have lived long enough, that we've seen some shifts. Where never, and I know I get people mad at me when I talk about some of these things. But I'm just telling you, man, abortion is one of the most heinous sins of our time. But because that is a magnetic north, it shifted in the 60s. And so what became abominable became permissible, all right? And now it's a non-negotiable. It is a right. And so we went over here from abominable to non-negotiable. Why? Because we, are, we followed magnetic north. But you know, for the United States, what, what, it, what is, what's our magnetic north, or what's our true north? Yes, should be, but sadly not. But it should be. But this is kind of a trick question. Constitution. Oh, we always have to go back to the Constitution. And so, as a nation, we can't get outside of those because if we do it's against the law part of our constitution says that we are endowed with inalienable rights life li- life life liberty and the per- every one of us life liberty and the pursuit of happiness life liberty and the pursuit every life li- for liberty the pursuit of happiness But somewhere we got away from that and the magnetic north changed over here. Well, life, what is life? Life uh... Come on, Lonnie, tell me. Yes. So life, life. But look, life, if you kill a puppy, you go to prison but you kill a person. Mm -mm. Because we are following magnetic north as a nation and not, you know, we've gotten away from that. And then you you mentioned Paul, you mentioned the word of God. Yes, the word of God. You know, you cannot deny that our forefathers were under the inspiration of God when they were following the uh, 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 him and, and writing these articles. You know, by our creator, we are endowed by our creator, not Snoopy, not Bozo the Clown, but we are endowed with certain inalienable rights from our creator. He's the north, the true north. And so this magnetic stuff that's all over the place, listen, culture is magnetic north. Fashion is gonna change. What's in style now won't be in style five months, maybe five years from now. What's the, the same songs, the type of music? You know this stuff. I'm just preaching stuff and teaching stuff to you that you already know. The 60s have a sound. We can play music in this room, and we could, you know, just from the sound. As a matter of fact, let me give, it, let, let me give a, a, a kick back to my old buddy over there, uh, Stephen. He used to be in a band called Santa Fe back in the 70s. Dude, you, you just listen to that and close your eyes, and you go, Oh, 1970s written all over it. Y'all need to go online and check it out. Santa Fe um, uh, band, 1970s. And and you'll find that guy with long hair. It, it, It was awesome. All of that changes, though. All of that changes. And it's okay, some of it. But then when we get down to values, we're talking about something totally different. When we get down to values, because as you'll see here in just a minute, values drive culture. Look at this. The key to living true north is knowing your identity. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you are? Do you know what you're entitled to? Do you know what you're capable of? Because I'm just telling you, until I knew what power was afforded me as a Christian, I prayed a totally different way. I almost pleaded with God in this almost pathetic beg. Like, God, please, please heal my mom. God, please. I just, you know, if you'll do it and... Almost like, God, I promise you, I won't do this if you'll just heal my mom. You know, like it had something to do with my lifestyle. Anybody ever pray like that? But when I read that scripture, that we have been given all authority. Oh, that changes things. What? What? All authority. The same authority that Christ was given from the Father is now given to me. So I don't pray that prayer anymore. And if you're praying those kind of prayers, hopefully today something in you will snap and you'll understand the power that's been given to you through Jesus Christ's own lips himself. And so now when I pray, I mainly make declarations of what's already been afforded to me on the cross. God, you on the cross, you took our uh, stripes and you said by our stripes we are healed so my mom is healed in Jesus name you said Jesus that we have all authority so by the power invested in me through Jesus Christ himself I take authority over this infirmity in this body we're not negotiating you are going today and I declare as I'm made in the image of God he's the creator so I am creative I speak to every joint in your back you come into alignment right now with the way that God created you so that's how I pray now you see it's a pretty big difference it's pretty dramatic but I can only do that when I know who I am the power that I have and what's been afforded to me let me go through these real quick here's the key to your true north here's the key to your true north is knowing your identity and you've got to know your mission now as Christians, now you get to choose a personal mission for your life. But as Christians, we really don't get to choose our mission. Our mission is given to us by God. So he's the creator, he's the master, and we are the, um, the, the disciples. So we get our mission from him. We don't come up with our own mission. The mission is this. The mission is Genesis Chapter 1, verse 28, which says, Go and be fruitful. Go into all the earth. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish and govern the earth. That's our mission. Be fruitful. Multiply. Replenish and govern the earth. I could spend a lot of time talking about those, but I'll just leave it at there. That's God's design for every one of us. So in your personal life, you need to go into your family and be fruitful. Multiply. Fruitful means productive. Multiply means have babies. Reproduce yourself. You can do it either physically or you can do it spiritually or it mentor-wise be fruitful multiply replenish in other words give back don't just take now oh <laughs> do i say it or do i not do i say it or do i not i'm gonna say it isn't it funny that we have a problem with entitlement isn't it isn't it funny that we have a problem with entitlement until it comes to church, then I'm entitled to everything. Like, I literally had someone who, is, who was in leadership get upset with Shay and I um, because we said, hey, you have to give. You have to have a biblical pattern of giving. Like, I'm, you, you help me. We're in, the, we're in the house. Like, is that, it, is that unrealistic? like i'm not talking about sally sitter you know who she comes in after music starts she leaves before the message is over and doesn't serve anywhere i'm not talking about that person because you don't expect a whole lot there anyway i'm talking about a leader of a ministry in the church is it unreasonable that that person needs to be financially supporting the local church in a biblical way. And, of course, I could spend a whole nother message on what does biblical giving look like. But I had someone to get upset because we're like, well, if you want to lead and you're leading, you have to, you have to model it because we need you as a leader to be teaching others to do it and you cannot teach what you do not do you cannot give what you have not given the scripture says freely you have received freely give and so you've got to know your mission and as part of us i I forget why i was even saying all of that about the the giving there was a point that i was trying to make with that um Ah, thank you for getting me back on track. Replenishing. So part of it is giving, not just taking. Like, as leaders, we don't just get to take. And that's why I was saying, don't, isn't it funny that we have a problem with people who feel entitled and they take from the government, but they don't do their fair share? But when, we, when it comes to church, we don't have a problem with coming and receiving from the word receiving from the worship, receiving from the parking team, the hospitality team, you're taking care of my kids and teaching them. We're taking advantage of the media team who is doing such a great job that nobody sees them unless something goes wrong. We don't have any problem receiving any of that, but the scripture says that we're called to replenish, to give, to be generous. Okay? So, we gotta know our mission. The mission is that we're called to be fruitful, multiply, replenish, and then govern the earth. We're called to govern, govern your family, govern your children. Ooh, Jesus. See, that it's when I start getting on those little topics that I get off. Govern your kids. Sometimes with this, placed here. Are you with me? this place here man i'm telling you if you do it right a few times you will not have to do it for the rest of their life i promise you i've only spanked my kids a few times but it was done well and it and it was they 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 received some correction and i'm telling you i have not had to bust my kids tinys very often I just put it down when I needed to, and they knew after that they knew. You know what's fixing to come, don't you? Mm-hmm. Mr. Hand, meet Mr. Heiney. You know, it's fixing to go down. <laughs> Govern your family. Can, can I just say something? Oh Jesus. This is getting me in all kind of hot water. This is this goes counter. Because magnetic north has caused us to shift over here back in like the 70s, I think, uh, into the whole women's uh, lib type thing. Oh, God, I can feel the pain and heat coming, you know. But listen, I cannot stand to see a man beat down and, and, and whipped by his wife. Come on, man. Govern your house. I had somebody to tell me recently. This is why i get all been getting jaded. I had somebody to tell me recently, this is a contractor. He said, well, it's obvious who wears the pants in your family. I'm like, well, it's obvious to me too, buddy. You know, that's what I wanted to say. But I'm like, no, no. I have an alpha female as a wife. You know, they talk about the... Type A, and she's watching. So, babe, I love you. <laughs> you know, people talk about you know Type A personalities. I got a uh, I got a Type AAA personality wife. You know, I get all that. I deal with strong women all the time. But, you know, we can have a mutual respect. In my house, I'm telling you what. At the end of the day. I'm the man, I'm the boss, God put it that way. Now magnetic north is over here somewhere. But true north is husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. Women, submit. I had a lady to say, I don't like that word, so I'm just going to take that word out. No, the word is submit. In the Greek, what does it mean? It means to submit. It means there's nothing wrong, man, with submitting to people. I submit my pe- myself to people all the time. Do you want a leader that stands on this stage that says, I don't answer to anybody? I wouldn't follow that guy. I wouldn't follow that woman. But I submit myself all the time to leaders and say, tell me how I can grow. Tell me what you see that you're doing wrong. Sometimes they tell me stuff that I don't like, but I know they love me, and they're doing it to keep me pointed true north and not follow my magnetic north. And so we have to know what our mission is. And again, we don't get to choose the mission God chooses the mission for us. Jesus clarified the mission. Sometimes you got a big broad stroke mission, and then sometimes you narrow it down a little bit. All right, we're going to Afghanistan on a, on a military campaign. I don't know if that's what they call them, but that, for the sake of this message, that's what I'm calling. All right, we're going to Afghanistan. Well, that's, that's, a, that's a big, you know, target, But when you get on the plane, all right, guys, when we get there, we're going to this city. I don't know any Afghanistani cities, but we're going to this city, and when we get there, we're taking out this target, all right, So, so it can get narrowed. Jesus narrowed the mission down for us when... When he said this, he said in Matthew 28:19 and 20, "Therefore go into all the earth." Now remember, back in Genesis 1:26, we're uh, going out, being fruitful, multiplying, replenishing the earth. And governing it, now Jesus, he condenses it a little bit. He says, I want you to go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them uh, what, everything that I have taught you in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want you to teach them to obey the commands that I've given you. So mission is what God says that we do. Jesus, he said it really good. And this is, uh, this is what the mission for our church is. Love God, love people, improve it. It's found in uh, Matthew chapter 22. You can find it. It says, These are the two greatest commandments love the Lord your God with all your heart, and love your neighbor as yourself. Well, that's the thing that governs our church. We are all about loving people. Today, when you get little cards like that thank you note in the mail that lets you know, hey, that's fruit that we're living out our mission. So you, Not only do you have to know your mission, but you have to know your vision. Now, mission and vision, this is the way I describe those things. Vision like things you see. So mission is what I'm called to do in my family, my business, my personal world, whatever. Vision is what that looks like. And here's where the church has had a problem, and I think that they just haven't been taught right. So what happens is we the way we carry out the kingdom in this room will look different how it looks in the classroom or if it look how it looks in the mechanic shop or how it looks in the doctor's office or how it looks in the lawyer's wherever you work. And what we've tried to do is we've tried to carry out our mission the way it looks like in the church. And so what happens is we begin to actually make enemies in the public, in the marketplace, and we have to understand, oh, no, 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 the mission's still the same, but the vision looks different. The way it looks in the bank looks different, how it looks in the church. I mean, you can, uh, just follow me for a second. Like the way you do ministry in the church, we could be praying for people, man. They could be going down, you know, laid all over the place in the spirit. But you go to do that in the bank and you got everybody laying face down on the floor in the bank, that sends a totally different message, doesn't it? You, you, but you can still pray for people in a bank. You can still prophesy For people in a bank you can still operate in the gifts of the spirit words of knowledge wisdom you can still do a lot of things in the bank or any other marketplace it just looks different and so for us as a church we are a training center that's our vision so today like i'm doing a lot of training well this today looks if you were here last sunday you will admit Today looks very different from how Sunday was last week, right? Totally different atmosphere. But today, I knew that the Lord wanted us to come back to a foundational place. Well, that's part of training. That's part of our mandate. We are a training center, plain and simple. So you have to know your vision. Vision is what it looks like what your mission looks like. Some of y'all, I've seen you in action on your jobs, and I'm like, look at them going about their mission. They got their kingdom mandate on, and it totally looks different than what I would do. So know your uh, vision, Matthew uh, 10, 7, and 8. Jesus said, Go and announce to them that the kingdom of heaven is near. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cure those with leprosy, and cast out demons. Give freely as you've received. Now, real quick, as you're looking at that, doesn't the first part of that sound like Matthew chapter uh, uh, 20? Where he says, Go into all the world. Right here, he's saying, go and announce, go out and announce. So it sounds like, hey, I'm doing the mission, but this is what the mission looks like. He's giving us the vision here for the kingdom. He says, the kingdom's gonna look like preaching and teaching. The kingdom of God is coming near. It's gonna look like healing the sick. It's gonna look like raising the dead. It's gonna look like, you know, healing people, casting out demons, And it's going to look like generosity that's what the the kingdom is going to look like and as we go out and we live the kingdom that's what we do you have to know your values all right values are what define a culture everybody has values whether you know them or not they're either in here or you've written them down somewhere but what are our values destiny church has a set of values Another church down the street has different values, maybe some of the same, maybe phrased a little differently. If any of you guys have kids, you understand the meaning of the word home values. When your kids start intermingling with other kids and they come home and it's like, you know, they, they, they're going to tell you to shut up. Oh, no, 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 no. No, we don't talk like that to mom and dad here. Oh, you going to call me by my first name. (laughs) Oh, no, we don't do that here. We had some friends that they allowed their kids to call the grandparents and parents by their first name. I'm like, no, I'm daddy to you. Who's your daddy? I'm your daddy. (laughs) And if you call me rife, you know, well... And they do occasionally call us by our first names and they're being cynical when they do it, you know, f- funny and everything. But you have to know your values. Your values are what define you. Your values, listen to me, your values is what keeps your tr- you aligned with your true north. If you don't know what your values are or if you sacrifice your values you're going to find yourself out of alignment with who you are. At Destiny, we have some values, and this is why it's important. One, we embrace the supernatural. Now listen, if you don't know your values or your vision, somebody else will define it for you. And I've had people to come in here... And they will have conversations with me. And they will want us to, you know, to, to do different things. And, you know, like, uh, man, the, the, whole, the whole prophetic thing is just weird. Like, y'all need to dumb that down. Y'all need to bring that down a notch. I'm like, no, we're Listen, I'm telling you what. I know I may be biased. Because I planted this church and I've pastored it for the last 13 and a half years. But guys, I'm telling you, I don't think you'll find a more balanced church. We do not ever get it completely right all the time. But we get it right a lot of the time. I don't think you'll find a more balanced church than destiny. We've balanced the spirit and the word. I believe we do that well here. Have we done it great throughout our entire history? No, we haven't. And I, I, I've been aware of that. And that's what it's called when you have to try to bring things into balance. But we embrace the supernatural. So when I, ha- when I have somebody to come in and tell me, you know, this is new family, man. Uh, you know, uh, I really... <sighs> All right, probably don't need to say that. Okay. But, you know, new family comes in. And they're just like, oh, they just, they hit all the check marks. Oh, they love kids. They want to serve in kids' ministry. Oh, they love, you know, serving in hospitality ministry. Oh, they have this gift and they have that gift and they know what biblical meaning uh, of giving is all like. And it's like, oh, but they're not, they're kind of weirded out by anything supernatural. You know what that is? That's a deal breaker. Why? Because we value the supernatural. And we will not sacrifice that for anything else. So when people come in and they try to redefine your values, if you're not careful, that's magnetic north. And you're going to find yourself over here sacrificing some things that you shouldn't have. And I can tell you what, I'm not the greatest speaker in the world and and, and I'm not looking for anybody to come and stroke me and pat me on the back, but I ain't the worst in the world either. I've heard some of them. And I've heard a lot of the ones that are better than me. But the point is, if this meeting in here ever becomes about my oratorical ability, oh my God, we've stooped to a new low. Everything that happens in this room is about really... Uh, Three things. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Word of God. What is God saying? And, And he might say it through me today. He might say it through the musicians or singers another day. But it's really about God. We're here to encounter you. We'll do it however you choose to do it, through whomever you choose to give the Word. But God, we are here for you. And so the supernatural is one of our values. There are seven of them. We... Believe that witness matters. Now, I know this is just a foreign concept to certain people, but what you post on your Facebook matters, guys. I mean, I don't even post uh, tough stuff, in my opinion. I question it before I put it out there, and I still get in trouble <laughs> with people. But, I'm, but you got to be careful what you post on Facebook. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that you have an alternate world life somewhere. I'm just saying, man, our witness matters. The things we say that matter. I have had some incidents this week. I'm telling you what. Oh, I've been battling of whether or not to post a review of a business. But see, I'm not just George Smith. I'm Rife Stewart the pastor of a local church in Daphne, Alabama, and while you did this, 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 and this, and you didn't meet this, 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 and this, all people are going to see, doesn't matter that I'm vindicated in everything and I've got proof. All they're going to see is Rife Stewart, Destiny Church. And my witness matters. My witness matters. And so I'm just going to take one for the team. I'm just going to suck it up and take the licks because my witness matters. I do not want my name on some scathing review of this company, even though I'm well within my rights to do it. Jesus said, somebody slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other one to them. And that is, he never said, oh, by the way, it's not going to hurt. Just do it. It's not going to hurt. No, it hurts as bad as when they slapped you the first time. But my my witness matters. And so that's what's governing uh, uh, my response. Uh, Look at these. Let me go through a few more of these. We're lifelong learners, we never stop learning. Everybody's learning, the kids are learning. Pastor Rife is learning. Everybody's learning. The minute that we stop learning, we say that we're God. The minute we stop saying, I know everything there is. Man, I, I don't know how many people in here have a, uh, a piece of paper hanging on their office wall that says they have a theology degree. I do. Does anybody else? All right, Nobody? All right, so whoop de doo <laughs> You know what? That piece of paper does not entitle me to say that I know everything about this word. It's deep that calls unto deep. It's so infinite, and there, there's no way anybody can ever know all there is. And I'll tell you what, I will open a piece of scripture that I, I, I've, I've read Probably thousands of times over my 30 years as a Christian, that I probably preached, you know, tens or dozens of times, and I'll get a new revelation and go, How did I not get this before? Because it is living and breathing and inspired by God. It is God, is what the scripture says. And so we're lifelong learners. Um, we give our best. We give our best. In everything, service, in our resources. So, when that's how I can go back to, um, hey, you're the leader of a ministry, but you're not pra- practicing biblical stewardship. And what? Now, they could totally be giving to big time TV preachers' ministry, they could totally be doing that. But that's not a biblical practice where you serve because a tithe is for the house that you eat from that table. So how are you living that out? Well, if they're not living those values out, it makes it very easy to say this is how this house lives. Let me go through a couple of more of these. Community connects us. If there's one thing I've noticed in coronavirus world is it has disrupted the community of the local church. My wife is watching. My mother-in-law is watching. I thank God for the ability to do it. My mother-in-law lives in Georgia. Uh, she watches from Georgia. You know, it's been a blessing. But there, God made us to see each other, to be in community, to be in relationships, that is a good substitute, and all of you who are watching, I'm telling you, this is a good substitute and a good supplement, but it is not what God intended for the family of God. We've got to, at some point, get back into connection with each other physically. Community connects us. It, it's what makes us whole, strong, and healthy Am I walking with the same people I worship with? Listen, if the majority of your friends are outside of this church living a lifestyle other than a godly uh, lifestyle, that's not in biblical alignment. That should be the minority you should go out into the world. You should be influencing people like that. But when that's your community, because a community is what sustains you, a community is what encourages you. Doesn't mean that you can't get it out there, but community is so vital to the church. And I'm telling you what, whoever is your stronger uh, circle of influence, that is who you're going to follow. That's who's going to influence you and it's going to influence your decisions i promise you i can preach more on that but i'll move on and i think this is the last one um somebody help me out i'm trying to get there actually i got two more did somebody click me off of that there we go there we go so honoring god uh, honoring others honors god so that's why we're big in a culture of honor when we honor one another, just go read Psalm 133. When we honor one another, God draws close to that stuff. He does not take that lightly. And I've I've likened it to me, I've likened it as when I heard my kids, Noah and Savannah, they must have been, I'm guessing, like maybe seven, maybe, and 11. And I heard them, there was some giggling and talking, and I just went and listened outside my office where they were. And they were just loving on each other as brother and sister. And, you know, that big belly laughter. They're, they're just enjoying each other. And I heard Noah say, uh, Savannah, you're so good at whatever it was. And then she would return it and, you know, compliment him. And I want you to get a picture They're loving one another. This is Matthew chapter 22. Love your neighbor as yourself and it's equal to loving God with your whole heart, mind, soul, and strength. They're synonymous. It's two that are really one. So I'm outside the office and it's capturing my attention and I'm just lingering, loving everything that I'm hearing them say. You understand? They're honoring each other And it draws the Father to it. So when we honor one another, when I honor you, Alan, when I honor you, uh, Harold, God is blessed by that. We take the scripture to say God inhabits the praises of Israel. God inhabits the praise of his people. We think, we, we really kind of put it in a Western culture context where we're thinking, oh, we're going to start praising the Lord in the house and get the music going, and God's all of a sudden going to... (sighs) Well, first of all, God was already in the room before you got here, (laughs) you know. And yes, God does inhabit that, the praises of his people. But you know what I'm going to tell you? God inhabits on the workplace when you begin to honor your boss or your boss begins to honor the employees or like this morning out in Raleigh, we were honoring the whole Fuentes family because of, of the, just their whole family, just how they serve. I'm telling you what, I don't know that God ever gets distracted. He doesn't, by the way. But if he was and we started talking to Fuentes, he's like, Huh? Hang on a second, I gotta hear this. I, I know, right? I made them that way. Pretty good, yep, I know. God loves it. He draws close to that stuff, all right? So honor is a huge thing in our church. Like, you know how we can tell if we're out of alignment and we got over here in True North? And this happens from time to time. Uh, well, I don't like this or that or this or that or this person or that. Y'all might not think that churches are that way, but I, I can tell you, I have a lot of people, and I'm like, Mm-mm, no, don't do that. We just don't do that. It's just not honoring. Again, it doesn't mean that we don't that we get it right all the time. But when we get it wrong, you know how we know we get it wrong. Because we talk about this a lot. We post it on the walls a lot. I'm preaching it to you today. So that when we get it wrong, we can go, well, hang on. We didn't do it in that situation. (laughs) Okay, you got me there. Let's fix that and move on. So honoring God honors others. And I think this one is the last one. you got to help me out. We fiercely protect unity. Unity, again, does not necessarily just mean the absence of disunity. And that's what some people, it's like, hey, just as long as y'all don't fight. Nobody's fighting, right? Because we're honoring each other. Nobody's fighting. Well, that's good. But it's not, it's, it's not what unity fully means. Unity means that we're all moving in the same direction that we all have the same mission. We all are in alignment with the vision. You know, Greg, you mentioned today uh, in rally. you mentioned when in the upper room, they were all in one accord or one u- in unity or in one mindset. They had one vision, one purpose. And that's when God moved in and did something mighty. So we fiercely protect Unity we fiercely address disunity like you can't be in disunity in our house you can't be in disunity in our house and and settle in with that it's not going to work here so you either have to like we're going to kiss and make up and grow from it and if you if you need any help on how on on a culture of empowerment there's uh this great book by Steve Backland that we've taught some of our leaders uh There comes a place in a disagreement with you and a person that you are either going to grow from that, we're going to learn, we're going to talk it through, and we're going to grow from this, and the relationship becomes stronger, or you just are not going to have it, or they're not going to have it, and this relationship is going to be severed. And severing something is always catastrophic. Catastrophic. There's collateral damage everywhere there's proverbial blood everywhere it splatters on everybody cleaning that up is not fun and that's why we fiercely protect unity and there are times that we constantly are reminding our church family and we're reminding one another as leaders like but does that line up with who we are because As long as we're doing these things, this is what happens. We know when we get out of bounds. You have to know your boundaries. And hey, guys, can I tell you this? It's okay for you to say no to people. Now, I'm preaching to myself because it's hard for me to say no. But I recently had to say no to one of my dearest friends. They asked me if I could, uh, could do something for them ministry-wise. And I'm like, I wanted to do it. If I forced myself, I could have made it happen. But because of my, some of my personal boundaries, um, it was going to take away from my family time. And I had already reached my limit that I was away from my family that week. So I'm like, mm, no, can't, that, it, that's one boundary. There are times where I could have gone to Shea and said, hey, do you mind if I do this? And, you know, I don't do that all the time. Yeah, babe, go do it. But it also violated another boundary of mine that I, I had already been giving so much physically out that that was gonna take that much more. So now I'm crossing two boundaries. And after I, you know, I might cross one boundary with some, you know, thought into it. But when you've got start sacrificing and and uh what's the word i'm looking for uh compromising multiple boundaries two and three and four. you're gonna find yourself way out here doing things that are not really what god's calling you to do and you've gotten off your true north and then the last thing is this it's to listen to the voice of god you've got to know the voice of god now as a pastor I hear people uh, prostitute this all the time. Well, the Lord spoke to me. I'm like, okay, because I don't know if he did or not. You said he did. So I'm not going to argue with you. I mean, I'd have to be super close to you to to say, "Mm, Paul, I'm not sure that was God. Now, if you say, uh, if, if Paul came to me and said, you know, oh, oh no, all right, let me use a hypothetical. Hiram, because <laughs> there's nobody in our church named Hiram. If Hiram came to me and said, Pastor Rife, the Lord spoke to me and said that I'm supposed to leave my wife and I'm supposed to marry, I would say, bro, I'm telling you, God did not speak that to you. How do I know that? Because it violates the true north of this. But there are some things that I that are just desires or preferences or whatever that they're net that they're neither right or wrong, you know? But a lot of people will say, the Lord spoke to me. And I'm like, I don't know. That's up, that's between you and God. But we have to hone in to how to hear the Lord's voice. And You hear the Lord's voice in a number of ways. One, does it line up with the word? It does. I'm still not convinced, but it does. You know, in your situation, you might say, I'm still not convinced. I need some more convincing. Well, there's wisdom in the counsel of many, the scripture says. So I might reach out to Rochelle. I might reach out to Betty. I might reach out to Brian and let them give me some feedback to see. So... God speaks to us through people. God speaks to us through prophets. But one of the best things for you to do is just be quiet and listen and see what God says to you personally. Because most people are serving an impersonal version of God. Stick with me for a second. He's not an impersonal God. He's your daddy jesus said abba i cry out abba father abba means daddy in american uh terms daddy well daddy's not impersonal and so god wants to speak to you directly more than he wants to speak to you through three other people now this is what god typically does and this is scripture the scripture says that in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let the truth be established. So God may speak to you, and then you and Harold hadn't even got to have a conversation, and Harold might say something, and you go, oh my God. <laughs> Man, that witness is with me. I might be talking to Erica, you know, and Arlisha. and they say the same thing. And so the Lord is just establishing it through that biblical pattern of evidence but more than anything, friends, God wants to speak to you directly. you It's not a big theological thing. You can just hear him directly for you. And we're going to wrap it up right here. Thank you guys for just being so good to let me bring the word to you today. So here's the activation. What, this is what I want you to know is that living your true north Is based upon you knowing your identity when you know your identity and you follow those values for your life you know I gave you the ones for our church but you should write out what your mission is you should write out what your vision is you should write out what your values are if you don't have your values written down I'm gonna be honest with you you don't really know what they are like they're just rolling around in your head somewhere it's like somebody, I asked them one time, they were, having, they were a wreck financially. And they came to me and, they were, and I said, well, show me your budget. Well, we don't have a budget. And I said, you do. It's just rolling around in your head somewhere. Because you have a light bill, right? You have a garbage bill, right? You have a satellite bill, right? You have a carbon pay, car payment, right? Okay, all those are floating around out here Well, those are line items on a budget. Go write that down, and you're going to figure out why at the end of the month you have $900 more bills than you do income. When it's floating around, you can't see it, but when it's on paper, it makes sense. Your mission, your vision, and values. When somebody told me to do this years ago, I was a young pastor, I looked at them like they were crazy i thought that's stuff old people do i'm not doing that oh i wish i had the wisdom to follow them at that age i'm telling you what you young folks if you will write down what your mission for your life is now remember who gives the mission god so you have to go from those scriptures and and apply that to your life but vision is where God begins to partner with you and your attributes and your uh, abilities and desires. And what he'll do is he'll go, well, yes, this is the mission, but I want you to do it as an artist. I want you to do it as a musician. I want you to do it as a plumber. I want you to do it as a car salesman. I want you to do it as a nurse. And so you, you begin to write that out for your family you begin to write that out for your profession because you're going to have a private one, that's your family, and you're going to have a professional one and that's what you do out in the world. And then write down the values that you have. And don't think in, uh, think in general terms. Like I value integrity. Don't you lie to me, boy. Well, what is that? Integrity. My mama would look at me. There's two things I can tell. Oh, I can hear her words in my ears ringing. They're embedded, ingrained. There's two things I can't stand, boy. It's a liar and a thief. I cannot tell you how many times that I heard that. That lets you know I was a liar and a thief as a kid. (laughs) No, but if I took some money out of my parents' purse and I'm like, did you take that right? Mm -mm I didn't. So my mom, her values were she could not stand dishonesty. She didn't want people lying to her. And she cannot uh, 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 stand people stealing from her. So those were her values. What are your values? What drives you and your family to stay true north? All right, I'm going to pray. If y'all want us to pray with you about anything today, we're going to have a few prayer team members down front. And they'll be glad to pray with you and if you are new to us today um thanks for coming thanks for listening thanks for experiencing god with us um listen i put activations up on the screen not not for this to be a suggestion i'm telling you if you really want to operate at a higher level of alignment with who you are write it down it's scriptural the scripture says Cast the vision and write it down plainly so that the person hearing the vision or reading the vision can understand it. So that's a biblical principle that I'm writing you. So please go spend some time. Pastor Rife, I don't know how to pray. Pastor Rife, I don't know how to have a personal devotion time. Pastor Rife, I don't know how to have a long time with God. There's one right there on the screen. God, show me the things that are important to you for my family. He'll speak to you and you'll write them out. Holy Spirit, thank you for this time that I've had together with my church family. And then meeting some new friends today, God. I pray, Lord, that this foundational word has gone deep into people's heart and spirit. And that, God, today, that people's lives would be changed by this word for the better. That they'll have a foundation, God, that they're going to take to heart. And this is going to begin to change the foundation of their family, the foundation of their business, and the foundation of even who they are personally.